Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Uh, before we get started, this is the trigger warning. We're going to be talking about messed up stuff. I will describe it as a different uh, moniker in a moment, but for right now, it's PG-13. But we will be discussing anything uh, like, you know, horror, dark culture, bad things, which could involve anything from murder, rape, suicide, and there will be graphic language. So if that's not your cup of tea, go listen to something boring. Otherwise, away we go. Coming up soon, we will be uh, interviewing a David Pryor, director of The Empty Men, and then as well as John Skip. But today we have the pleasure of the company of Mr. Jack Amos. Best known as the uh, actor in as uh, Gertie in A Hundred Tears. He's also on the Uh-Oh Show. And starred as General Shafter in a documentary about the Spanish-American Civil War, which sounds really interesting. Hi, Jack. Hello. How are you? How are you doing? Fantastic. Pleasure to be here. Before we get started, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you currently working on? <laughs> no, I'm largely retired as much as an actor has ever retired. Mm. Which is to say, if you offer me a paying job. <laughs> I was just going to say, your plug is, is yourself. You are available for work. <laughs> that yep. is also un- not uncommon. Um, yeah, we've got a few people yeah. say that. Uh, in this interview, we'll be asking three sets of questions covering your childhood, teenage years, and adulthood to find out what it is about horror that you like. And fair warning, uh, actually, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Chris, but Jack and I, when we we're uh, lining up the times for this, he uh, he acknowledged that he does not consider himself a horror fan. He's just an actor who's been in quite a few horror things. Um, and I said, you know what, let's let's do the interview anyway, because I know when Chris and I were practicing interviewing each other, uh, I would not consider myself a horror fan either. But we discovered or I discovered that there were elements about it that I, I do like. Um, and so I thought, you know. You know, if you want to, and Jack was game for it, I said, let's do it anyway and see what comes up. Um, yeah. And if most of the answers are no, then it'll just be yeah, a quick answer. Yeah, be a quick answer. <laughs> uh, so, but we'll, we'll be coming at these, uh, these, we're going to ask the same kind of questions, uh, these three different ways uh, regarding different points in your life, because sometimes doing that triggers memories that you'd forgotten, but uh, it's not meant to be a therapy session. So if there's anything that you don't want to answer, you can just say pass and we'll move on um but starting with childhood what are some of your earliest memories of scary things uh well i was back in the days black and white so you know the horror movies i was watching and and i did enjoy back then were things like dracula and and the wolfman and okay uh, let's see i'm trying to think of phantom and uh and then of course there were the abbott and costello ones Mm -hmm. Frankenstein and those. Dracula and the Wolfman and right. uh, the Mummy, mm-hmm. and then I, I enjoy those old movies. They're not to me; they're not the same kind of horror as as today. Definitely. And then, while I was young, probably not childhood, I did uh, watch and enjoy Carrie because I am a fan of of vengeance movies. Mm-hmm. So I just watched Pumpkinhead recently, and I liked it. It is a classic. You can always go back to Pumpkinhead. Okay. Yeah, so it's a uh, you know the, the if if there's a vengeance aspect to it, mm-hmm. then I'm watching a vengeance movie as opposed to a horror movie, and I'm perfectly all right with 
grew and gore and blood and guts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with vengeance movies, because then the person being ha- having the act, the violence acted upon them is someone who deserves it. So you're like, yeah, pop their eye out of socket. It's great. Oh yeah, like like the first teenager that gets killed in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's usually the biggest dirtbag. yeah usually any idea why you like vengeance movies uh well you know i grew up as kind of an outsider kid Mm -hmm. i uh i was a three-letter sportsman uh uh, in sports i also graduated with honors in ap classes and i was also a theater kid so while (laughs) i got along with everybody i was never a part of any group and yeah you know, that's one of the things I noticed about horror fans, and I also belong to Mensa, so there's another group of people who I categorize as don't fit in. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm a full-fledged member of that group. Don't fit in. <laughs> well, at least you had the three-letter sportsman thing going for you. If you didn't have that, just having the others, that could have been rough, but, you know, having having the three letters helps out. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I ran across somebody recently uh, on Facebook that thought I was a big hero in high school. Hmm. You know, they said, "Oh man, I'm so glad I found you. You were, yeah, we we worshipped you when you <laughs> seriously you could have mentioned it then. <laughs> You're like, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Would have been nice to know. <laughs> you were you were the local road scholar. I'm usually over there in the corner by myself, you know." <laughs> maybe one better friend. late than never you know <laughs> so, i think that's that's fair for a lot of people in in high school a lot of people don't realize that you know or or by the time we get older sometimes we forget i had a, a friend connect with me on facebook actually just a couple uh, weeks ago um i had sent her a friend request actually years ago and she just now saw it and added me we got to talking and it was uh she mentioned stuff that she remembered that i'd completely forgotten which i felt felt bad about but you know that it happens. Um, so, um, okay. So a little bit of an outsider. Um, yeah, I picked on a little bit. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. First thing, the ones that tried to pick on me to the point of fighting usually discovered that that was a bad idea. Yeah. I was an athlete. One of my letters was in wrestling. <laughs> that does come in handy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Carrie and Pumpkinhead, would would you classify those more as like something you saw in your teenage years or Well Pumpkinhead I saw for the first time like in the last week. Oh. Oh wow. Okay. I said, Hey, I'm gonna do a horror podcast here soon. Maybe I ought to check this one yeah. out. Yeah. And uh it's I liked research. it. I mean I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Henriksen is great now. I'm thinking that an, another one of the things is the production quality of of horror movies, you know, I've been a professional actor uh, for a very long time, mm. and uh, like I said, I've worked on big, big sets like you know, The Waterboy, Any Given Sunday, and stuff like that. Where uh, major, <laughs> major getting paid actors mm-hmm. <laughs> are, are working, and big weeks. Uh, a lot of horror movies are friends and family, and shot on whatever record shoestring <laughs> yeah that's a word for it do you find that to be more fun uh you know, I, I, probably, it's, right? it's all a job to me um I, i'm very serious about my acting and whenever i go in front of the camera or in front of an audience i am 100 percent. i give it all i got 
Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, there's probably pros and cons. It's more of a family atmosphere, but probably all, also a bit less uh, organized sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I've been on professional sets that were, uh, I was thinking that as I was saying without that, yeah. using the word cluster. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that as I was saying that I'm like, yeah, I can see it the other way too. On, I mean, uh, any given Sunday was uh, stone was the director mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's a cocaine head. And, and uh, <laughs> I mean, we'd be doing a night shoot and we'd get there at, at just before dark for, hair and makeup and wardrobe and all that stuff. And we might sit there till two or three o'clock in the morning before we shoot anything because mm. we had to wait on Oliver Stone to straighten up enough to come out and direct the movie. Mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're falling asleep and he's wide awake. Yeah. Well, <laughs> everybody made a lot of overtime and golden time on that particular movie. So <laughs> Points. yeah, you know, I don't complain that much when right. you're making that much money. Right. That's what I said. Pros and cons. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So uh, go back to the childhood stuff. Um, Dracula, Wolfman, Phantom of the Opera. Um, anything else jump out at you that you remember? You mentioned Albert and Costello. Well, I remember I used to watch Dr. Paul Bearer oh. uh, on Saturday. Nice. Of course, this was a day of three cha- three uh, TV channels. So. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, there was Channel 8, Channel 13, you, you and watched, Channel 28. I think. You watched what there was to watch. Yes. Well, 44, of course. That's that's where Dr. Paul Bear was. Yeah. Yeah, Chris was a big uh, Paul Bear fan, too. Oh, yeah. Right. Creature feature every Saturday. And uh, he goes a long way back. I mean, he's, he's a long time before Elvira showed up. <laughs> you know, really? I had no idea he went back that far. Oh, yeah. Uh, were you? St- well, there might not have been the same person. Either. True. It might mm. have been a. Well, yeah, the legacy continues. The original Paul Bear that I grew up yeah. with has since passed, R.I.P. But there's a, a local guy in Tampa who's the new Dr. Paul Bear. So, yeah, right. it is kind of like a, it's like a legacy. Passing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this was in South Carolina, too. So, I mean, it's just. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there may be a franchise. Is there a network of Paul Bearers out there? Like, are, are we thinking about the wrong apocalypse here and we're all just going to be overrun by Paul Bear? Oh, my God. That's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did you feel about them at the time? I mean, obviously the uh, Abbott and Costello ones were probably meant to be humorous. Were you scared by the other ones? Uh, by which one? Uh, the other horror movies that you mentioned, Dracula, Wolfman. Did you find them uh, uh, scary or was it just entertainment? I, I, just entertainment. I I've, don't ever remember being scared by a horror movie. Okay. Uh, were you excited by them? Kind of think, but no, I, I mean, the, the the scariest the, the the only time I've ever been caught and startled and and you know momentarily scared was Swamp Thing I think it was which is like some Bigfoot here in Florida okay as a as a movie <laughs> Swamp Thing jump out at you things and they did it very well mm. so <laughs> that caught me okay. Uh, I'm guessing you probably didn't have anybody in your family or friends uh, in your childhood who were horror fans then? Well, my wife um, of years past uh, was a huge horror fan. Mm-hmm. And most of the horror movies I watched in my 20s and 30s were because of her. Okay. Uh, gee, she never missed one if she could help it. <laughs> nice. But, uh, but not in childhood? Not in childhood. Okay. No, it was just... You know, but like I said, there was three channels. It was black and white. You watch what there was on. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, did you participate in Halloween as a kid? Oh, yeah, man. I loved Halloween. And Halloween, you got to wear this god-awful plastic match, mask that <laughs> hurt like hell, and you it couldn't see out of it. Like, what are the names of them? <laughs> I can't remember either. But on the other side, you just, back in my day, they just turned you out. Mm. You know, I, I probably did three miles of Halloweening trick-or-treating. I mean, I would go fill up a pillowcase and come back and get another one. <laughs> <laughs> take another pass <laughs> right, well, you right. make a loop you know Different. so that you end up back in your house and, and you grab another pillowcase or dump it out and go go hit rich people around the lake i guess back uh, <laughs> back in the day when it was even more popular uh that uh you could do that they might not even notice yeah uh, oh well i, mean, I wasn't hitting the same people twice i mean that was covering ground man <laughs> <laughs> did you have a favorite costume well i i wore a clown costume for I don't know. Most of the time I went out uh, trick or treating because mm. that's what I had. Mm. <laughs> and uh, not so much favorite, in the, not so much favorite in the sense <laughs> that you enjoyed it. Just favorite is easiest to do. Yeah. You had this. Yeah, stuff. It wasn't. This was what I had. This is who I was. I was the clown every year. <laughs> you were always destined to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, I turned into one of my most popular shows was a clown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not quite the same happy face clown as mm. I was as a child. Right. Uh, normally, we also ask least favorite costume, but it sounds like you just reused the same one. Oh, yeah, pretty much. It was, well, that mask was horrible. <laughs> I mean, it was, you, you took that thing off as soon as you got your candy and turned around. Yeah. And didn't put it back on again until you were on the next doorstep. Did you like the uh, process of dressing up or getting getting done up, or was it just the candy that you were? interested in oh i was all about the candy <laughs> it's always <laughs> that's the important part candy. i mean i do i have gone out for halloween in times past i used to uh build things and animate them i, I i'm i don't know rube goldberg with mm-hmm. uh animating things i would set up skeletons and and those uh stuff clothes and stuff and i would put mm-hmm. a fishing line on mm-hmm. them and as people came up to walk, I would drop the skeleton out of the tree and and uh, they would get to the <laughs> house and I would pick up the, the hand of the, the stuffed clothes, the, the scarecrow or whatever, right. <laughs> and wave at them and stuff like that. I, would, I enjoyed scaring the kids. It was fun. They liked it. They could, mm-hmm. you know. I enjoyed that part. The reason I asked about if you enjoyed the, you know, getting into the costumes and stuff is because you had mentioned that you did enjoy theater. So I don't know if there was any relation there. Well, I don't know. It's, I, I was never one of those child prodigies. I, my, my interest in theater started in the seventh grade. Okay. Uh, which back in that day was junior high. Right. Went one through six in elementary school and seven through nine in junior high. For some reason, unknown to me still today, I took drama <laughs> as an elective and never stopped. <laughs> so, Was there something in particular you enjoyed about it? I, I really enjoy being somebody else. I mean, I have always been a, a real Walter Mitty in my head okay. of, of playing different things, and I'm, I'm extremely empathetic. So I can put myself in somebody else's shoes fairly readily. Right. Uh, 
and and think like they think and feel like they feel and see why they think like they think and feel like they feel and mm-hmm. and uh, I suppose a, a good well regulated schizophrenia is very helpful to an author. Right, <laughs> I it can be. I can relate. Uh, that's part of the reason that you know the background that I have has been what it has, and also why Chris and I I think make a good pairing for the theme of what we're doing. He's the big horror fan, and I'm the one that uh, has the background in the psychology stuff, which comes from having been empathetic and thinking about what other people th- are thinking and feeling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Was there anything in childhood uh, in real life that scared you? You know, I, I I don't remember anything because it was a real different time then. Mm. I would I used to be like ten years old, and I would be sent to town with a dollar, which would get me in a movie, popcorn, drinks, and and three candy bars. Wow! And I, and I didn't have that. That took up everything, so I didn't have bus fare home, which at the time was ten cents. You'd walk home. So, so I walked about three miles home, and um, I walked mm. through the white projects because they were separate then, mm. and never thought about it. And nobody, my, my parents never thought about it. Nobody, none of the neighbors, nobody, anything but thought about that. Mm-hmm. So, and plus, I was kind of, I'm kind of an oblivious person anyway. I live in my head <laughs> quite a lot. It was, em- I empathic thought, when I, you yeah. think about, you got to be empathic when you're thinking about other people, but you're not always thinking about other people. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about other people, but I'm thinking about them in my head and you know, I'm a big reader. So yeah. and when I start reading, I don't see words anymore. I just see, it's like watching a movie. Okay. Big science um, fiction fan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've been a science fiction book club member since I was 16. I have, okay. I just gave somebody 30 books. And wow. you can't tell that there's a hole missing in my <laughs> book collection. So you have quite a collection then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a one whole room. Wall. Is it mostly Wall. like a sci-fi fiction? Like uh, the classics like Binford? Is it Greg Binford? Uh, David Brin? Uh, uh, my earliest big favorite was uh, Isaac Asimov and the Foundation series. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, I, I have every single book of. Wow. Um, I have a few of his. Uh, I've got um, every single book of Doom. Matter of fact, I just got a new book of Doom. Uh, <laughs> Anne McCafferty. There are a few to choose from. Uh, probably my favorite. Uh, C.J. Cherry is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, also Robert Lynn Aspirin, who does uh, fantasy and mythology. And okay. What do you like about Sapphire? That's that whole living in another life uh, thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you have any recurring dreams when you were a kid? I did have one where my father, who died when I was 14, was back. Ah. Was, you know, I don't remember him doing anything scary other than just being there after I knew he was dead. But, uh, <laughs> that, that went on several times. I, I remember, and I don't remember what the thought was, but having that paralysis where you wake up and you can't move mm-hmm. uh, you, sleep paralysis sleep paralysis uh, yeah you're scared which that scared me <laughs> that i couldn't yeah. move understandably <laughs> the sleep paralysis that was separate though not not at the same time you were having the the dream about your father i don't remember 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not one of those people who has a, a strong timeline. No, it's fine. They, and some of the questions that we ask may or may not apply to you. We just have them because you never know what's going to hit for who. Um. All right. So, last question for the childhood stuff. Nothing. Um, you didn't mention any um, anything really traumatic. So, I'm guessing no no existing like traumatic fears or anything like that. I don't know. Okay. Another thing I did remember. My father mm-hmm. died at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when the coroner came to take his body out, there was probably thirty cats in the yard, mm-hmm. and and you know like under the feet of the coroner people and around the gurney and really that wow. kind of disturbed me a little bit. A little bit, yeah. That, that's a that's weird. Yeah. And it's like I don't remember seeing you know cats in my neighborhood other than in somebody's house maybe. <laughs> yeah. So they weren't like your cats on your property. They were just random neighborhood cats that all yeah, decided yeah, it came to from come. nowhere. It had to be ever cat for miles. That is a little creepy. That is quite unnerving. Yeah. Like <sighs> some sleepwalker shit. Um I I mean it's a little morbid, but I I'm wondering uh you know how long you had to wait for the corner to get there because uh you know the honest honest truth is things that have passed away give off a smell and they might have been thinking food i don't know um well he died in the middle of the night because i remember my mother letting out this whale he'd uh, mm-hmm. he'd already had a couple of heart attacks back in those days uh there was no open heart surgery or bypass or you know mm-hmm. basically if if the medicine didn't save you then too bad yeah, my grandfather passed away when I was just just after I turned a year old, uh, and <laughs> by heart attack, multiple heart attacks, and my father's got a DNR because of that. As you say, there's not a whole lot they can do for you. And it's, I mean, it was that morning that they took him away. My, my mother, like I remember that scream that she let out, that woke me up. Hmm. Well, it was either that or they're attracted to the coroner. So, I mean, that might also be possible because, you know, he's hauling around. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because, you know, never know who who he had in the car before yours, your father. Um, And that person may have been deceased for a while. So they might have been attracted to the car. Moral of the story. Cats are the spawn of Satan and evil. (laughs) And they will eat you if you die in your sleep. (laughs) <laughs> well, I was thinking, you know, it makes sense in terms of, uh, you know, historically, you know, if, if you have that happen and a lot of cats come around all of a sudden, they, that could be mm-hmm. creepy. It was. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> so, okay. Moving into teenage years, then you had mentioned, uh, Carrie, um, anything else jump out at you as, um, uh, interesting or scary or, or anything like that related to horror in your teenage years? <sighs> Not really. Okay. Uh, I mean, you said, I mean, we didn't have color TV until I was a teenager. So, mm. uh, and I, I, I watched Carrie after I was married. So, Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, well, you did mention uh, theater in seventh grade. Uh, I know, for example, my high school had put on, um, uh, what the heck's the name of it? Um, Little Shop of Horrors. I don't know when that got <laughs> written, but uh, 
I'm thinking, you know, maybe you guys did something in, in theater that was related. No, uh, no, I don't remember that. I, importance of being earnest, blind spirit. Uh, I've played every part, every male part in uh, importance of being earnest at one time or another. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> it's all serious stuff. Death of a salesman. Uh, okay. Playboy of the Western world. I haven't heard of that one. Right. Brigadoon. That one. Irish plays. Uh, I, I did Marat Saad in college. That was kind of creepy. <laughs> okay. I did makeup on that show. So I had a lot of fun with that. Let me write that one down. What was that? How do you spell that? M A R A T dash S A D E. The Marquis de Sade was in prison in a, in a, in a insane asylum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And while he was there, he wrote plays. Right. And this is one of the plays (laughs) featuring himself and Jean Paul Marat, who I believe was in there because he was revolutionary. Uh, And. It, it, was, it was a very bizarre play. <laughs> it sounds like it. Uh, well, let's see. Going back to the teenagers, then I'm guessing you probably were still participating in Halloween by then. Oh yeah. Did you upgrade yeah, your I mean, costume? As long as I was giving out candy, I was going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I then, by then I was just being like a cowboy or a, or a bum or you know whatever regular clothes kind of stuff that you could be. Mm. No, uh, no least favorite costumes that you recall. Still going to be that clown, that clown suit. Yeah, yeah, it's the go-to. You know, and, and I, I don't think it would ever have been my favorite. Mm. Now, as an adult, as I told you, I'm, I'm one of those people who fit in the group, don't fit in. Mm. So, mm. I started playing D and D almost when it came out. Okay. Okay. Uh, I started with the little pink box, which was the only other person who played it before me said it came in a Ziploc bag and it was just several pages. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, my, my favorite character as uh, for Halloween has been a Druid, okay. which was my mm. character that I typically played. Hmm. Okay. Was <laughs> it just like a, like maybe a robe and a headdress or did you go full on like face paint and, Oh well, no. I it was uh, it, it was a robe and a cloak and and uh, feathers and bones in my hair and that was back when I had hair and uh, <laughs> I have a, a staff with a a goat horn on the top of it and <laughs> and I had found the jawbone of some predator, probably a dog, uh, nice. that I had hanging from it and of course feathers and, and anything in particular bag. you liked about druids. Uh, the fact that they're completely uh, neutral. Okay. Uh, what do you like about that? I, I see both sides of, of a lot of things, you know, and my religious philosophy, if you want to call it religious, is Taoism, okay. which is the attempt to balance everything. And the fact that if you've seen the, the symbol of Taoism with the, like two wrapped teardrops looking things. Yep. There's a white dot in the black side and a black dot on the white side, right. which yeah. nothing is pure. It takes the light to see the dark. It takes the dark mm-hmm. to see the light. Right. 
unless you can transcend completely, but good luck with that. Well, the, the goal in Taoism is to be the reasonable man. What would a reasonable man do? Mm. And within the balance. Right. And the, the fact that the line between the balance is curved and wiggly means that it's not a straight path. Right. Variable. Depends. Mm-hmm. It basically depends. And that's kind of druid. You know, that's true neutral. It depends. <laughs> ah, a very okay. That's a very D&D way to describe it. It's a true neutral. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or is it a lawful neutral? No. Uh, no, I wasn't lawful neutral. I was true neutral. I was, that's, that's the way I played them. So you, you could be in danger from me <laughs> if I <laughs> if, perceived you as being a problem. Yeah. <laughs> if you were not, uh, if, if one of the players was trying to be a little bigger than necessary and, and was being a detriment to the party, mm. then got to put him in line. Yeah. I got to fix him. You know, got to, <laughs> Again, with a vengeance. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. So, um, I, oh, just another point. I was born on June 21st, which is the summer solstice, ah, which is the high holy day of Druidism. Interesting. Longest day, too, I think. It's the longest day, longest daylight of mm-hmm. the year. Winter solstice. <clears throat> the northern is the <laughs> Shortest for the southern. I can see uh, how that would make sense. And uh, if if you will uh, go out in the woods at, at midnight with a full moon and cut me off some mistletoe with a silver scythe or silver sickle and, and catch it in a golden bowl, we can do some shit. Okay. okay. <laughs> Writing this down. All right. So does it, does it have to be like a, a full scythe or can it just be a hand sickle? This little hand sickle is, is what's usually depicted. It's like something that you would like kill, like the children it's just long not not feet long okay all right uh, something I, used by hand. I don't know if i mentioned it to you uh jack but um both chris and i um were from the tampa area i've moved away since for work but chris still lives in the tampa area so uh you might actually get that <laughs> <laughs> chris, chris could make some uh, it's got to be silver the the, the the sickle has to be silver and the bowl has to be golden. So uh, that may be harder to come by. That's be a problem. Yeah, the, it the might be a very is, little, um, a very small sickle. Rust. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like hand size. Metal. Yeah, okay. I mean, you don't need very much to, to I'm, get I'm thinking like pinky toe. sized. Yeah, like <laughs> I would say maybe the whole thing along the curving yeah. is maybe six inches. But if you want to use death size, that, I mean, that, as long as it's silver. Yeah. And probably go with the hand sickle because that'll be cheaper. <laughs> I wonder now if that was what um, the imagery was in the um, ah shit the fucking the the remake of um, Suspiria. They had these sickles that looked like they were actually a, a metal molding of a rib. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe that had something to do with that. Well, no, no, because that was witchcraft, not druidism. Well, the other thing too is to make it. Oh, it has to be from an oak tree, by the way, too. Okay, <laughs> it has uh, to be in an oak tree. Hmm. Well, there are plenty of those oh, in Florida. Really? Yeah, uh, I doubt it was a scythe, Chris, because a rib. I mean, to be a functional scythe, you'd have to sharpen it, and that wouldn't work too well if it was a rib. 
No, it was curved on the end. So yeah, it's more for stabbing. Um, so, uh, going back to the middle school and teenage years, then, um, uh, was that where you picked up D and D or was that in your adult years? Oh no, Lord. I was out of college. Okay. Actually on like my second career by then. (laughs) Okay. We'll, uh, we'll move it. I'm, I'm making some notes here just so I can keep track of the conversation. I'll move that down to the adult section. Um, go. Going back to the teenage stuff then, um, let's see. So you didn't mention any specific references to any kind of books or TV or movies that, that jumped out at you. Were you still uh, watching the Paul Bearer stuff in, in high school or middle school? I think so. I don't, I don't really remember. You know, it was probably there. Still only. I was in college when cable came. And okay. that brought us up to 20 channels. Yes. So <laughs> 27, if you were lucky. Yeah, well, where we were, if, <laughs> I, know, if I remember correctly, Chicago and, and Atlanta and <laughs> some of the VHS channels that you could maybe get once a year. Or if you were had a very delicate touch on that mm-hmm. little dial, <clears throat> For some reason, I'm remembering MTV was channel 44 where my cousin lived. Odd, but it's odd what sticks in the memory. Yeah, everything was analog then, so you had to have very delicate touch on that that, uh, UHF uh, dial. (laughs) Not for cable. You're talking about before cable. Oh, yeah, before cable. Okay. After that, it was just you you had a separate channel changer. Yep. Yep. Cable. Okay. So I even uh, remember why the remote is called the clicker because it clicked. So the the first remote was basically a set of tuning forks in a box, and you pushed a button and it smacked the tuning fork, and that mm-hmm. frequency was what changed the channel or changed the volume. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember these, and they had two large buttons on the top. One was orange, and one was kind of off white. Both, of course, a, a dingy color. But yeah, it's, that's how they worked. It was like a tuning fork. It would make a certain clang and yeah, that's how it would change the channel that <clears throat> hit the hit the little bar i guess is what was in there mm-hmm. so you didn't have any uh any friends or family i'm guessing in your teenage years that were fans of horror either uh <laughs> friends yeah, well, <laughs> i i, I yeah. I know not of what you speak. Yes. I, I get your point. <laughs> Imaginary friends count yes. too. Yeah. And my family was, I was, uh, I was very late in my generation. Uh, my mother was 39 when I was born. Okay. My brothers were 12, 14 and 16 when I was born. Mm. And then the rest of the cousins and the aunts and uncles were all in that, 40s generation mm-hmm. and i was born in the 50s so uh actually some of them were in 30s generation i can relate to that as well although i'm a generation behind i am um, i was raised by my grandmother primarily and so all of my cousins well i had two cousins that were older and two cousins that were younger um but they didn't live near me so i was going with my grandmother to see her siblings and their kids were all 10 years older than i was or more so yeah. Yeah, my closest cousin was eight years older than me. 
remember having a crush on her when I was <laughs> really too young to be having crushes. Right. So <clears throat> you, didn't, you didn't know better. <laughs> that is South Carolina, so it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> Still, maybe. Yeah. Back then. Um, let's see. Uh, did anything actually scary happen to you in your teenage years? Not that I recall. My teenage years were just very routine. Very routine. I, you know, I was in sports year round. So after school, every day in something. I football, wrestling, and track. They kept you busy. The theater took up days, too. So, All right. So, really, to cover in the teenage years, I guess we'll jump back down to the, the adult stuff then. Okay. Um, you'd mentioned Carrie. Um, between Carrie and Pumpkinhead, anything uh, in your adult years that has jumped out of you that's, let me, let me put it this way, not work-related? I remember kind of liking uh, the Brendan Fraser mummy okay. movies. Yep. Uh, Those are good. But ones. I, you know, to me, that's not horror. That's just, <laughs> I guess, I mean, some to you parts. it is, maybe it, I don't know. I, there were some scary elements. Yeah, one guy got his eyes eaten. I mean, I have a lot of friends and, and a lot of fans because of uh, Gertie. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. they're constantly uh, discoursing about the horror films that they like to watch. And, a lot of them like the B movies, the, the, the poor quality movies for the very fact that they're mm. poor quality. Yeah. There's uh, the so good it's bad genre, you know. That too. Yeah. They they like the terrible acting. Yeah. They like the poor production quality. They they love it. And what about you? Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I, I try to be highly professional in my acting career. <laughs> well, that's a whole other genre too of, of where you've got the B movies, but at least one or more people in them are taking the job completely seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably the, the highest compliment I have ever gotten as an actor was by uh, Mike Gingold at Fangoria. Hmm. When we were out shopping the movie, he said, you know, Gertie never speaks. So oh. he says, the clown never speaks, but you always know what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for those of us who are professional actors, that that is probably the highest compliment you mm. can give us. Yeah, that means that we are truly one hundred percent the character. That is good. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of the definition of show don't tell. You know, because he he doesn't tell. He doesn't speak a single word, so it's all show. Uh, let's see. Anything else jump out at you uh, related to horror in your adult years? Uh, Read any no, of books? No, I did a a thing for Mark Terry. I don't know if you know him. Maybe if you're t- Tampa local, you've heard of him. What's he involved in? Uh, he did Evil Dead, or not Evil Dead, Live Evil, which was a vampire movie uh, Okay. Um, in California. I worked on that. And then he also did one called The Meltdown, which I also worked on. Okay. I don't, the, the Live Evil was distributed. I think he actually made money on that one. <laughs> and The Meltdown, as far as I know, has still not been made other than the trailer. Mm. I have a lot of friends that are in the industry and, and they call on me because they know they can count on me. I'm a very responsible person as far as okay. I remember on The Meltdown, I, Probably, and being in California, I, I probably offended at least 10 or 15 unions. <laughs> uh, 
because I made props for the film. I did makeup for the film. I drove a grip truck for the film. <laughs> There's three unions right there. Uh, right. <laughs> oh, I did set dressing for the film. So. Still no work, you scab. <laughs> I did pyro. <laughs> if you live in almost any other part of the country, it's kind of like you got to do that because those unions don't really have enough people to do all the stuff that needs to get done. Well, you know, and you're on that micro budget too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, we shot 100 tiers. I believe the final cost was somewhere around $60,000, dollars Wow. That's significant for, uh, for yes. a small. Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we got some, some uh, foreign investment, actually. Uh, Elmar um, Bergman from Germany put in a substantial amount. Any relation to Ingmar? Uh, I don't know. He's a, he's a horror fan and a friend of Timo Rose. If I run across him, doesn't ring a bell for me, Chris. No, no. Uh, once you get into the industry, you you know the connection. It's actually a very small community, and once you're in there, you you know everybody. I mean, I don't walk onto a set in Florida anymore that I don't know half the people there. I mean, I can go mm-hmm. down to Miami and shoot the next. Uh, whatever's being shot down there. And I guarantee you, I'll know half the people by first name. Yeah. Like I say, outside of California, that's, that's how it is. Cause there's not a lot of people, not, not as many people uh, per capita, I guess you could say doing it. And even when I've, I've gone to California to shoot, I still know four or five people on set. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just cause it's the community's really not that big. Even- well, and, and also the higher up you go in any career field, really, you know, it gets narrower in that way too. You know, it's a small world. So if not, uh, if not horror, um, media, then, you know, similar as we asked with the, uh, childhood and teenagers, has there been anything in your adult years that has scared you in real life? Uh, nothing that wouldn't scare anybody, you know, near misses and, Traffic, taxes, of course, pandemics. Been a stunt driver, uh, <laughs> certified stunt driver. That that's kept really? me out of a lot of accidents. Mm. <laughs> when when you're would imagine it would have, when yeah. you're doing this stuff on purpose, uh-huh. and then it happens accidentally, you don't have to think through what to do. You just have reflexes, right? Mm-hmm. And that I don't know half second, tenth of a second, whatever it is, usually keeps you out of the wreck. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. Stunt <laughs> driving can prepare you for uh, real shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing you got that uh, training in relation to some job you were doing? Back when I was uh, trying to break into Florida market, I realized real cl- real quick that the, the more you bring to the set, the more you're going to work. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I took uh, a stunt driving, stunt and precision driving uh, with Grady Bishop. He's a local stunt man. He's he's done some of the universal car stunts, and, or has coordinated them. He's coordinated mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Almost coordinated a, 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 a episode of Jackass, that mm-hmm. uh, I got talked out of it by a lot of people. <laughs> was it? Well, there's liability issues of what they try to do, and this well, was, yeah, this was a true. fire gag. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was just expecting these guys to get horrible burns. 
<laughs> and uh, there was no way I could. And they probably it. would have. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a guy walking across the balance beam while the other ones were swinging medicine balls at him, trying to knock him off yeah. over a pit of fire, <laughs> a, a, like a firewalker pit, just cold. Gotcha. It's like, you know, you get knocked off of there, you're out of control. You're going to land flat, flat on your body. And there's no way you're going to get up without getting burnt really bad. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> that was part of their shtick. Yeah. So unless the guys were not actually trying to knock him off, then that would have been the only way through it to. Uh, to yeah. It would have had to been a set gig. I mean, you know, it yeah. had to been a, some WWE stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in your adult life, have you had any uh, friends or family who, well, you, you did mention your wife, any other friends or family that were horror fans? Oh, my daughter's a big horror fan. Uh, yeah, my, my grandchildren are big horror fans. Really? Do you think that's because of your roles? No, I mean, I'm nobody to them. <laughs> it's like, I remember Tom Brady saying, I, I, when I get home, I'm just the idiot. <laughs> my wife calls me the idiot. The kids agree with her. <laughs> One way of looking at it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just, I have tried, you know, to get my kids interested in in film because I have all the connections, you know, mm-hmm. and they just are 100% not interested. I mean, my, my grandkids couldn't even do their school uh, Christmas song thing. Mm. Neither one of them. <laughs> I just meant as far as being a fan, had they seen your work? Yeah, my daughter has seen Hunter Tears. She's seen the O show. I mean, I, I I have all this stuff. I get a copy of everything. Right. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the O show. It's it's basically a game show where if you lose, you get something cut off. Oh, huh. yeah, that's what it looks <laughs> like. like truth or consequences, <laughs> where they're real bad consequences. Oh yeah. So it is either the goriest comedy you've ever seen. <laughs> or the funniest yeah. horror movie you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit of both. You I mean, the it's in the actually front row the, uh, the Wine Coop is in there. He's the MC of the uh-huh. show. And <laughs> I, I think, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brooke was in there too. Brooke, she, Brooke uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Wild, uh, Wild Boys guy. Um, I'm terrible with names. It's all right. So am I. Yeah. Yeah. They all run together after a while. I mean, you know, when you're. Mm-hmm. Going from one shoot to the next, they have trouble separating them. Faces, not names. There you go. Yeah. I mean, we know each other. Yeah. I probably know the names of more crew members than I do actors. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, especially with the actors, because it, if you're playing a role and you're calling each other by these other names, then, oh, yeah. you know, unless, you know, I can see how that could interfere with things too, but you don't do that with the crew members. Their name is always their name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all, you know, you you see the same crew members on different sets. Well, you don't see the same actors from set to set to set. True, true. Yeah. Let me ask uh, two different questions that aren't just related to horror. Um, and also looking back over your entire life, not just any one period. Uh, I'm going to ask two questions. I'm going to give them to you at the same time because it could be the same answer for both questions or they could be different answers but uh the questions would be what is your favorite movie and what movie have have you watched more times than any other there's two that come to mind okay one is the longest day okay uh, the world war ii normandy invasion movie that was four hours long 
my brother took me to that. I was really small. Mm-hmm. He took me to that, and we watched that. And I've probably watched that one more often than I have any other. I believe it had every actor in America or Europe. <laughs> <laughs> and and my favorite one is is Up Periscope or Down Periscope. Is a okay. submarine movie with uh, I think. Uh, Oh, shit, his name, his character's name is Frazier <laughs> of the TV show. Oh, um, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, he was the, the submarine commander, and, and it had a, a band of misfits in it, including yeah, the guy who does the, the sound effects with his mouth, not uh, Michael Winslow, not him, the white guy <laughs> that does He's it. The white guy who does sound effects with his mouth? Yeah, <laughs> I remember he was the sonar guy, and and Kelsey Grammer asked him, what did you hear? He said, somebody dropped 35 cents. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, are you sure? Yes, a quarter and two nickels. (laughs) 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 And they they saved themselves from being detected by him accurately doing whale sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's it's a hilarious movie. I mean, it's just probably slapstick more than anything else. I was just going to say, definitely a comedy. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was just one of the, the one movie I laughed my way all the way through, and, and because of that, it's, it's a favorite. All right. Understood. So the reason that we like to bring these up um, is because often they can either underscore or uh, underscore things we've already talked about or highlight new things. And actually, in, in both cases, I think it highlights new things because you hadn't really mentioned comedy in, yet. But also with the longest day, I mean, it's a four hour movie. So for you to say that you've seen that probably more often than any other mm-hmm. is interesting because number one, it's a long movie. Number two, it means you've probably gone out and sought it out to rewatch it. Um, any reason why you like to rewatch it? Well, there's the, the acting is superb. The production value is superb. I like war movies uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, come to think of it. Modern war movies are a gore fest as well. Yeah. So, you know, and then of course I do special effects is one of my multitude of activities on set. So I, I have done a lot of gore. Okay. I'll never meet the uh, level of, oh Lord God, I already forgot his name. Tom Savini, <laughs> you say? No. Ben Baker. I, I did a film with him. I don't like him. It was a sci- <laughs> <laughs> sci-fi movie called, uh, shit. I can't remember that name either. Like I said, mm-hmm. they all run together. Yeah. But uh, he, he was actually in it as an actor. Kind of a jerk. Mm. It was a science fiction like movie it. about yeah. this unearthed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it rings a bell. I don't think I've seen it, but I've heard about it. Well, there was two of two movies that came out called unearthed mm-hmm. at about the same time. And this is the one that really didn't make it. <laughs> I've, I've done a lot of movies where the guy who is the driving force, the the, the dreamer behind the movie, yeah. ended up divorced because he screwed up his Oof. marriage making the movie. Mm. <laughs> Another yeah. one called Out of Hand. <laughs> it's where Stress. a demon takes over this guy's hand and gets him in all kinds of troubles. <laughs> oh, okay. I like think I've heard hands. of that, actually. Um, yeah, stress, you know, is the biggest killer of marriages. And, uh, there is definitely something stressful about 
both making a movie, not only in terms of, uh, you know, financial resources, but also just the work involved. Oh yeah. The time. I mean, you're, you're mm-hmm. to a half day to an actor is 12 hours. Yeah. That's a half day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As we're usually there 14 hours, and the only reason it's 14 hours is because the union requires that there be a 10-hour gap in between wrapping and, uh, and uh, call. Yeah. <laughs> I was on a film set once yet. where I think we were there 14 hours, and we got a total of nine minutes of footage filmed. It's great. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's amazing how little you get. And, and it's, or an actor, you're sitting around on set. Just It, it seems like eons. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody with real anal twitchy, Blankety blank blank fiddles with lights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's gotta be perfect. It's gotta be perfect. You know, yeah. nobody's gonna notice this but another lighting guy. Yes. <laughs> well <laughs> and Kubrick. Yeah. And Kubrick, yeah. Uh on any given Sunday I was gonna have one of those guys. And here's Cuba Good and we're on Miami Beach shooting this in full summer daylight. Mm. And this guy has I, I think it was three 10 Ks on him. It was like, wow. my God, how much light do you need? I was waiting on Cuba to burst into fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or at least sweat. <laughs> so, um, hmm, I'm looking for common themes in what you do. Like you did mention vengeance. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of horror is com- comedic. It's true. True. I know, uh, Joe Davidson, our, our uh, producer and writer. Uh-huh. For hundred tears, I mean, he he was a stand-up comedian for years and years. Mm-hmm. Yes, so he yeah, we talked to him. He's wrote a lot of comedy into it. Mm-hmm. and he's kind of a smart-ass comic, you know, <laughs> where he makes some kind of smart-ass comment. I mean, yes, it's funny. Yeah, Joe's a fun guy. Uh, you hadn't really brought up comedy much in the interview. Is that a, a you know common theme going back your whole life? Uh, once again, I'm very picky about the comedy too it has to be intelligent comedy hmm. <laughs> I, I just that's one of the things about horror that gets me is 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 the extremely poor decisions mm-hmm. like, you know that yeah. geico commercial where they're saying let's go get in the attic no let's get in the basement oh let's hide behind <laughs> all those hanging uh chainsaws yeah. <laughs> right Yes, yeah. yes, 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 and even the yeah. monsters going, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> no, let's Make get it a challenge, guys. Couple. Come on. Yeah, was, uh, some I just read on Facebook. You know, it's a you know, horror movie starts out with a guy who gets on a boat, goes to an island with only enough gas to get there. Gets there, right. and there's all these creepy children walking around, and nobody else. So you hmm. go in and and loot stores <laughs> for the stuff you need. Uh-huh. And then I'm thinking, it's an island. And there's no gas in a marina or a gas station or another car or another nope. boat. Nope. <laughs> it's an Can't island. Go on right? to the island. <laughs> it's because I'm I'm one of these problem solver kind of guys. Hey, eh? uh, no, I can understand that too. That actually was my one of my personal uh, dislikes with horror too. Growing up is as you say, and if intelligence was important to me too, and uh, just a lot of stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like necessary. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's like necessary. a feature of the plot is people yeah. have to make stupid decisions. That's just part so, of it. Let's go to the attic. No, uh, you're trapped. Hi, <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> There's that phrase, "willing suspension of disbelief." Yeah, and, and there there are some that definitely cross that line. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, intelligence is definitely a running theme. 
you mentioned, you know, sci-fi and your experiences with school. I don't know if you heard me earlier, but I kind of jokingly referenced to uh, being a road scholar. Um, cause I think if I remember correctly, a, a road scholar also has the, uh, athletic, uh, angle in there. Um, Oh, I, I, I was brought in and told me I was going to graduate with honors, and I didn't know what it meant. That's how oblivious I was in high school. Here I am taking AP courses and, and making, you know, like 3.8 or something yeah. average, and it never occurred to me that I was smart. <laughs> it just, never does with yeah, the intelligent yeah. ones. You just course, I'm sure there's nobody a South Carolina joke in there somewhere. Yeah, no, <laughs> nobody in high school, teachers and, and, and administrators included, said anything about me being smart hmm. just recently had somebody post one of my like i don't know third fourth grade class pictures and, and somebody else who also went to the school and was friends with some of us said oh yeah that was a smart class I was like really hmm. was it <laughs> didn't feel that way to me <laughs> just class yeah you know, and i was always a kid that you know, once you told it to me i got it hmm. i remember in seventh eighth grade i was Reading, which is what I usually did in school. Teacher was all mad at me because I wasn't paying attention to her. English teacher says, come up and diagram the sentence. So I walked up there and I diagrammed the sentence. You know, I was like, ding, 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 ding. ding. Is that it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Back to my Okay, desk. you taught me that two or three years ago. Did it change? Yep. <laughs> I, I did a very similar thing. I remember it was in, also in middle school. I was reading, also reading a book and a, I wasn't ignoring the teacher. I was listening, but you know, she wasn't doing anything that needed to be paid attention to visually. <laughs> and, uh, and she thought she was going to be a wise ass and, and catch me and say something, you know, Steve, what did I just say? And without even picking my head up from the book, I repeated verbatim her last sentence <laughs> <laughs> paused and went on with what she was doing. <laughs> like, Very well then. <laughs> yeah. yep, yep, gotcha. don't, don't, don't try me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I, you know, it's funny um, when Chris and I were first starting, um, you know, this whole idea of this podcast, the first things that we did were interview each other and then also interviewed a friend of ours named DJ. And he was also very similar in that he was a much bigger sci-fi fan than horror. And also uh, that intelligence was something that was very important to him um, throughout his whole life. Um, so it, I can definitely see that. Uh, there's be some, being some commonalities there. So for you, it sounds like, you know, if, if the comedy, if the horror seems at least to be decently well thought out and, or is funny in, in some way that, you know, those gain some points for you. Um, yeah. like obviously that. there's, there's not a lot that f hits both of those categories. As I said, I enjoyed watching pumpkin head here last week and, and uh what'd you like about it uh well i was thinking of that they kept going outside you know well the other thing i was going to say is vengeance <laughs> so, uh, and you did mention that Pumpkinhead had vengeance yeah it was it was all about vengeance and then of yeah. course it backfired because when you screw around with demons it backfires yeah monkey spots and <laughs> you're right though I, I never really i never really thought about that with Pumpkinhead. they do make intelligent decisions they don't go up to the attic they go outside they try and hit the demon over the head with a large object not just like I don't know, push it or yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know. They deserved it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, mm -hmm. <laughs> they killed yeah. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Which assholes. And, and that was the other, uh, common factor that had come up was the, uh, the vengeance, vengeance, which we discussed and, and why mm -hmm. that was important to you. 
Um, normally the last couple questions involve questions like, okay, but why horror? Because there could be any other number of things that trigger those kinds of emotions. So why horror in your case, I, I'm guessing, you know, because you don't really consider yourself a horror fan, that's not really a relevant question for you because you do find those other things, um, in other movies, you probably watch comedies for the comedy content and maybe sci-fi for sci-fi content and war movie, war movies for war content. Um, so maybe why horror wouldn't be applicable to you. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it just struck me that each one of those has their particular flavor of adrenaline. You know, you watch the war movies, there's a lot of action and violence and there, there's the, adrenaline you get from that there's the adrenaline you get from laughing there's the adrenaline you get from fear from the horror movies it's uh probably what makes us all like those particular things is is our particular drug that provides us with adrenaline mm. yeah or like you say the particular flavor of it um considering the theme of the podcast is there anything relevant that you're aware of that we haven't asked about or talked about uh Life experience, probably. My name is Jack. I took that seriously. My master's degree is in sports medicine. I started out as an athletic trainer. I was an unpaid intern with the Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. Taught high school math and was a trainer in Dade County. Taught at Miami High. Okay. Taught at Miami Southridge. Was uh, moved on from there into various types of management. Uh, had my own handyman business. Did a lot of building maintenance and repair. I, I like puzzles. I like things to solve. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and repairing things is, is like solving a puzzle. Okay. So I've been, always enjoyed that and making things with my hands, with my mind. And there was there and drama all the way throughout. But then I, I got laid off from some job and said, well, let me go see what's going on. Caught an ad. They were looking for extras, and uh, I, I answered the ad. Next thing I know, I spent the next 15 years as a full-time actor. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably another five or six years as a as a starving, can't-make-it actor. Mm -hmm. I mean, it got really got to the point where if I had booked every audition I went on, it still wouldn't have been enough to make a living. Mm -hmm. So how does this extra context about being a jack of all trades uh, tie in with the stuff we talked about? Well, I, I'm, I'm poor as a church mouse, but I'm a billionaire in life experience. Mm. Uh, so I can do a certain amount of things. And, it, and as an actor, you know, we need you to play an athlete and you need you to play uh, a boss of a, of a company. We need you to play a workman, you know, we need you to play. And, and I don't really have to act because mm. you've done a lot of you those. Know, things. I could just do yeah. it. And, uh, and as an actor, you know, most of the time your cast is you, yeah. it's just you in these imaginary circumstances. Yeah. It's very seldom you get a chance to, to really use your craft, mm. which was one of the things that I really enjoyed about, uh, hundred tears because mm -hmm. I, I got to use my craft because uh, I'm playing somebody that I would never be mm -hmm. true. Uh, and I, I did a play called uh, grace. It was about the woman who turned in her uncle, 
her uncle being Robert Shambliss, who was the first of the clan members that was convicted of the Birmingham church bombing. Okay. Wow. And I played him. <laughs> so, yeah, I really had to work hard to get to that guy. That, that yeah. will test your skills as an actor playing somebody. Uh... Yeah. And sometimes your applause <laughs> at the end of the show, this is a live show. Your applause at the end is that profound silence when you walk out. <laughs> right. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> just like shocked and and stunned. It's just yeah. I did a good job. They hated that guy, and for good reason. Yeah. And I I made him as hateful as I possibly could because yeah. he was. I mean, I I did research on the guy. He was horrible. Touching on what you said a minute ago about um, you know horror really letting you get to stretch as an actor. Um, that also does sync with a, a number of things that got brought up in this call too. Um, not just D and D, but all the way going back to, you know, theater and, and middle school and whatnot about, you know, being able to get to be someone else or pretend you're somewhere else. Um, actually, I guess that's an interesting thing that we didn't ask about. Uh, was there any particular reason that you enjoyed? Well, Actually, you did kind of talk on that, but you mentioned that you were a bit of a loner, but it, it started making me wonder if there was something about, uh, you know, either the home you're brought up in or the small town that you lived in or something like that, that made you enjoy the thought of being somewhere else or being someone else. Uh, no, I think it's just, uh, my inherent personality has mm. been self-entertaining, mm. you know, by and large. And, and of course, back in the day, you, <laughs> you were kicked out of the house and in the morning and told to come back when the streetlights came yep. up. <laughs> you yeah. were allowed to drop by for lunch. If you <clears throat> Yeah, that was about it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, we didn't, we didn't sit on TV. We didn't sit back on the phone. The internet. Yeah. I, I remember as, as a teenager, literally finishing a paperback, reading a whole paperback and starting another one mm-hmm. in a day. Now, how thick of a paperback are we talking? 200, 500 pages? Or? Yeah. Well, two, 300 pages, something like that. Okay. You know? That's impressive. I, I ripped through yeah. libraries, boy. Yeah, because then there are days <laughs> where it's raining, and so now you, you have, have something else you can do. Yeah, so it's, and once it's, you know, like I said, I, I, I stop seeing words once I get going. Yeah. I, I, I'm just watching it happen yeah. in my head. And so I literally am living the life of somebody in that book. Mm. Or at least, or uh, I'm a an NPC sitting on the mm. sidelines watching. <laughs> Bit so. of a dreamer. Yeah. Well, I think we've uh, not, if not, found a a good reason to love horror, or at least uh, some reasons to appreciate it. Um, is there anything you know we talked about at the start? Uh, anything you want to pitch before we close the call? Uh no, every. I'm not really active anymore uh, with mm-hmm. stuff going on. Uh, like I said, Joel Wankoop is out. Uh, he's in science fiction now. He's doing some kind of alien thing called the Craiglin incident. Yep. This is the follow-up that he's out there working on now. So okay, I'll plug it for him. <laughs> he and I are friends. There you go. And, uh, he's always, he's probably one of the best self-promoters I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. He's he's got his lips <laughs> on the horn all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
And and he and his wife Kathy are probably the couplest mm. couple I've ever seen in my life. They really get along really well. Yeah, I've seen pictures of them. Uh, and she's all into it too. So uh, I'll promote it for them. Yeah, uh, and what we'll do is we'll put together a little bio for you on our uh, web page, and we can link to whatever you want to link to. And I can throw a link in there to uh, Joel's stuff for you if you'd like. Okay, even though I've never done one of his gigs, yeah, we've worked together sure. quite a bit. But, okay, yeah. well, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You as well. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And uh, thank you to anybody out there listening. Please, again, do come visit us at HorrorMexisHappy.com. We've got a list there of people that we'd like to interview. If you know anybody and can get us in touch, please do. If you want to have somebody added to the list, let us know. Uh, Reach out to us on any of the social media pages that we have linked there and let us know how we're doing. HorrorMexisHappy.com. 